Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And um, we're having not a Christmas in July, but another another uh, holiday in August. Yes. Right? It is Easter <laughs> in August. Oh, no. Checks notes. It's Halloween in August, folks. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Well, you know, we probably won't have Halloween this year, so might as well do it whenever the fuck we want to. I mean, actually, once we get into talking about this movie, like, the the political and, like, socioeconomic stage of the world is kind of reflected in this movie. Um, and and it, the Halloween of this year might reflect the Halloween in this movie. Yes, in, in actually. Yeah, fuck. That's yes, true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in case it isn't obvious, we're doing a Halloween movie, uh, specifically Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 1982. Yes. Um, we didn't plan for August to be our John Carpenter month, but much like the artist himself, um, circumstance and necessity kind of threw this onto our lap, and we shrugged our shoulders, said, fuck it, and we just went with it yep. in very uh, very Carpenter, Carpenter fashion. Yeah, just like uh, the gamer uh, John Carpenter, uh, the gamer is Nick and Lewis. You know, just uh, we, we just had to pivot to something new in our lives, and that is another theme month, although we keep saying we're not going to do those. <laughs> well, we can do good ones. Like, Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, we, we there's the infamous... Um, mobster month that jesus christ <laughs> was a lot to get through but it it's it, it saved itself in the end with godfather 3 yeah godfather 3 and uh i you know i mean shark tale was fine mm-hmm. i don't know it wasn't mm-hmm. terrible um it was shark an interesting was rewatch for me <laughs> but uh yeah uh, i guess our last theme month was i believe february we did um pulp month i, I think that was this year <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. was February because, yeah, because the the Valentine's Day episode was, was the the, the lovey dovey Phantom of the yep. Opera episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it has not been long, folks, since we've done a theme month. Um, this one, however, is not just simply Carpenter; it's also Carpenter adjacent, and you'll see what that means. Uh, well, actually, right now you'll see what that means because uh, John Carpenter yep. did not direct this film. Um, he did, however, produce this film uh, and score this film. Right. We get a lot of, um, a lot of the classic Carpenter synths that I'm, I'm just a sucker for. Um, and he, he was involved with this movie on the condition. I remember reading, um, if it was not a direct sequel to two. Right. Mm -hmm. And Michael Myers does not appear in it. Which actually he technically does. Yes, he technically does in a very a very sly way, um, very 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 80s way. You know, we're we're starting yeah. to see this kind of. So he he appears as uh, a screen on a on a television screen. Um, right. There's a horror movie marathon that is playing the first Halloween film. Um, and see, I I love that shit, and I wish this series had continued in the tradition of Halloween three. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's great. I mean, um, Deborah Hill and John Carpenter, uh, the the producers of this film, and I believe the other two Halloween films, and and Deborah Hill produced a bunch of Carpenter stuff. Um, they wanted this to be a, ho- a Halloween anthology series, uh, a yeah. series of horror films that take place on or around Halloween, uh, and this was going to be the Which first one. And then they just didn't do it any longer because this movie was not well received. <laughs> no. 
Um, but yeah, just I'm thinking of like the alternate universe existence of the of this movie, where like, or the series where the only reference to the previous movie is like, I don't know, like I'm thinking in like Halloween Four, the non Michael Myers version in in Parallel Earth, like maybe you see a silver shamrock mask on a kid, right? And like yes. that's it, that's it, exactly. But it's, each it's one mask. refers to the previous film in some way, yeah, and then that would be it, in in a way that like specifically means that it's fiction in this world exactly because like yeah halloween one is fiction in halloween three which is cool yeah no that, i mean that would be awesome and i bet that's what they would have done um yep. the film did well in the box office so it was made for 2.5 million and even that like they were promised more but then uh just things happened with the studio and they only got 2.5 million and i think they did a pretty incredible job with 2.5 million um but it, oh, yeah. it was yeah. not the original offer uh, it made 14.4 million just in the domestic box office, but um, it didn't really jive with critics and even a lot of hardcore fans because, again, Michael Myers is a fictional character in this universe. He's not the main antagonist. Yeah. So uh, they didn't make another one of these until six years later with Halloween 4, which is, I think it's in, even titled The Return of Michael Myers. It's literally the subtitle is literally the return of Michael yeah. Myers. It's like he's back, everyone. Oh, fuck that! It's so boring. And then we've had a yeah, thousand um, other sequels. I, I, I am morbidly curious. I, I've never, as much as I love like the original Halloween, and I, I never delved into um, any of the sequels. Like no. yeah, after neither. seeing the first one, um, I, I mean, I saw Halloween two last year, and then I saw Halloween three, obviously for this. Uh, and I, I am kind of morbidly curious in like a Godzilla. Um, anthology series yeah. way just like oh these are so cheesy and, and like i want to see how desperate and creative just to keep the plates spinning they get like i don't know like like the last one before the reboot before the rob zombie reboot um it involves like michael myers in a reality tv show yep yeah um in a haunted house with webcams everywhere yeah i think it's the original house i think it's laurie strode's house yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, Halloween Resurrection and uh, Buster Rhymes is in it, I believe. He, yeah. he, he he throws down with Buster Rhymes and Buster Rhymes does like karate and Michael Myers like tries to <laughs> kill him with a knife and he defeats him with like a flying drop kick or something. It's, it's insane. That's incredible. Yeah, I know, um, shout out to our uh, friend and uh, two-time guest, uh, Lucas. I think he, he watched or rewatched all of them fairly recently. And he said that one is one of the worst ones, actually. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, Lucas is a big movie guy and just um horror guy in general. Um so yeah, if I, I know with like schlocky like horror sequels, like they have a reputation, but they also I mean they have a dedicated cult fan base for a reason, just because there's so much fun, I think. Yeah, I you know, and I think for the people who come to the Halloween franchise for like Michael Myers or or Laurie Strode I can understand why this film you know it got the very lukewarm reception it did from those fans right mm -hmm. I mean you see those characters in a TV screen is not the same as seeing them uh, as the, right. the sole focus of the movie so I get right. it but um, I don't know uh, I'm a like a you know fair weather horror fan uh, so I guess that's why I don't care. I just I just want to see a good story, a good horror story, some cool kills, and some fucking right. wacky shit. And like this this film checks all those boxes for me. Also, with I, I think horror horror films are one of those um, genres of the medium where like there is a very strong temptation to mythologize um, yeah. 
like the villains like make like build them up so much because yeah. like they're so iconic and like the reason Halloween the original one works so well it's just like random town random kid who did this unspeakable monstrous thing for no one knows why no one will ever know why like he he's not like this curse child that goes back generations and you can fill in the the villains wiki on like his history it's just right. like it is much scarier if he's no one knows why um and it just happens he's not related to laurie strode it's, it's just some girl he's trying to kill like it it could be anyone that that is much more compelling and, and a richer character to me than like you know they do the same thing with jason Voorhees. they do the same thing with freddie it's like that this the mythology the the the, the mcu um esque yeah. tendency to like build up the the nerd tendency if we're being honest yeah no it's true I mean, it's it's definitely there with uh, the Jason franchise. You know that that gets just pretty. It, it just jumps the shark uh, like yeah, numerous times. Goes, that series he goes to space, right? <laughs> he goes to space. You know, then you fill in some of his backstory like three to four different times and retcon yep. stuff. Um, you know, what's interesting, at least with with Freddy, is it's fairly consistent. Um, I've seen the majority of the the Freddy films. Um, at least the first four to five, um, you know, some are good, some suck. Um, but it's still, it's the same backstory to the character. Um, right. he, it's still kind of this, it's, it feels like the same world each time. And it doesn't, it doesn't jump the shark as often. Like he goes to hell at one point, but I don't know. It's, it's a fine film. It's not great. It's not terrible, but it doesn't seem as like just you know uh, grasping at straws as like the whole fucking you know uh friday the 13th series seems yeah and i mean um ha- having hit, having freddie be so blatantly supernatural right. gives you a lot of leeway i think and Wes craven of the directors who kind of um you know recreated the genre um and then recreated it again you know um with films like scream in the 90s i don't know he just he has like a more interesting sensibility than so many yeah. of those directors and he comes from a loving place where he when he makes a film like scream where you know he's 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 satirizing the genre but he's also a guy who made you know these films he, he made these kind of films so he can make fun right. of it you know he's not saying right. like oh this is fucking stupid which I think is something that we're so used to now. People watch these older horror films or they watch newer horror films and they're like, oh, I'm better than this, right? Uh, Carpenter talked about that and we should have included this in our previous episode of Ghost of, Ma- uh, Ghosts of Mars, but I found it later. Um, he, he talked, I think, in a New York Times interview about this exact phenomenon. He was like, I make these films sincerely. Uh, you know, I, I'm not making these films because I am better uh, than the the source material like this is what i got right. this is what i'm going to give you um right. and he, he even said he liked stuff that was a little more tongue-in-cheek um but he understood it was the, these you know these directors who who come from a place of sincerity doing that like wes craven right and um and i guess the last thing to say on this on this subject just like especially among Again, I'm going back to the whipping boy, like the the nerd set, just like the nerd internet nerd mindset. Like, it's it's the TV tropes pandemic. It's like, oh, we're gonna point out and pick up, we're gonna pick apart all the tropes. We're gonna pick apart all like right. the, like oh oh they're having sex in a car. Wonder what's gonna happen to right. them. Wonder if the, they're gonna get killed. It's like y- you can recognize these things, and you don't you don't have to like them, but like 
don't don't think you're better just because you get it right exactly like like you, you you can see the machinery it's like great but what what can you pull from the, from the machinery what can you like what can you tease out for for the story what can you tease out for like the any kind of read that you want to that you want to draw from the material rather than just like laughing when you see the 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 creaky joints i guess yeah no exactly i mean and and it's not just horror films i mean these are this this is how storytelling works uh there's always going to be archetypes um there's always going to be certain plot beats that work uh and that elicit an emotional reaction from people so you know um it is it, it is all about being human in the in the in the long run so uh you're not better than you know yourself and you're not better than anybody else you're just a fucking human being so live with it sorry (laughs) and um i guess like the the only instance in which like these conventional things that people roll their eyes that wouldn't be wouldn't occur is like a like an avant-garde piece that just completely breaks narrative right like some really artsy fartsy bullshit which is fine and, and that has its place but these same types of people will roll their eyes like oh you call this art like i could i could do that this is like bullshit that doesn't mean anything it's like well what what do you want right do you want like the tried and true things that you can rely on and you can you can like watch with your eyes closed or do you want something that's difficult and engaging and like quote unquote doesn't make sense just like it's one or the other like you 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 can't have it both ways yeah you you apparently want it both ways right but back to the movie at hand um interesting uh not not super interesting but like a few notable names here in the cast list um we have tom atkins stacy nelkin dan o'hare i'm gonna mispronounce this fucking name even though i i am a quarter irish dan o, dan o'hurley uh Hurley-hy? Hurley-hy? i don't know he's the one who we should know he's the old man from yeah. robocop <laughs> the old man from robocop dan o, dan o'hurley i think it is i think so um, michael keary ralph Strait, jadine barbour brad Sh- God damn it. Today's not my day for names, apparently. <laughs> Brad Skater. Uh, Skector. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Garn Stevens. Amazing. Uh, Al, yeah. Al Berry. Wendy Westberg. Essex Smith. Nancy Ky- Keys. Uh, Jonathan Terry. Mady Norman. And, ooh, Dick Warlock, uh, who played Michael Myers in Halloween 2. Oh, interesting. And he was also uh, Kurt Russell's um, longtime... Uh, stunt double interesting i thought uh you were just gonna see that name and be like aha dick warlock well <laughs> like it's, it's a great <laughs> it's a baller name it's, it's an just, amazing um, name but you yeah, know he, who he is that's amazing hey you you taught me something Ooh, something about film no less <laughs> uh you know you know that picture of kurt russell and the kurt russell lookalike in the escape from new york yes uh outfit they're like yeah, having yeah. their arms around each that's other him. that's dick warlock. oh yeah. okay cool nice also um Jimmy Lee Curtis does a voiceover um, as the curf- curfew announcer and the voice of the telephone yes, service provider. Yes, that's right. Uncredited, so yeah, special yeah, yeah. Special shout out, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, the queen. Yeah, so this film is directed by uh, another person who has Lee in their name, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, who uh, is a frequent Carpenter collaborator, uh, editor, art director, production designer on a lot of early Carpenter films. He also played Michael Myers just in the closet scene of the original film. <laughs> Amazing. And he made the mask. He altered the Shatner mask. Oh, so, I mean, that 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 is one of the most iconic Michael Myers scenes um, when he's trying to break into the closet to kill uh, Laurie. Yeah. And making the mask. Like, he, he had a, pr- apparently a pretty big influence on the character. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, it makes sense for uh, him to, uh, you know, take the reins from Carpenter. Although I guess not mm-hmm. really from Carpenter because Carpenter didn't direct number two either. So, yeah, he, he produced that one too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have Deborah Hill and John Carpenter producing this one. John Carpenter and Alan Haworth doing the um, score, which they worked together on numerous Carpenter films. And then cinematographer Dean uh, Cundy, who uh, is a DP for the first three Halloween films and several other Carpenter films. Damn. And Dean Cundy, he, he had a hell of a he has a hell of a career. He I mean, he worked on Halloween. He worked in The Fog. He worked on um, The Thing. Yeah. Um, he was the he was the cinematographer for Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Um, Jur- Jurassic Park, Apollo 13, like these incredibly influential movies. Like he he did so much for for his craft. And then like 2011 rolls around. He's doing Jack and Jill. That's the Adam right. Sandler movie. Yes. Yep. Incredible. <laughs> like, I, I suppose if you're the DP on, on Jurassic Park, you, you can rest on your laurels for a little bit. But right. like, come on. Th- there's a limit, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not ideal. But he also was the cinematographer for Looney Tunes back in action. So... Oh hell yeah! He probably uh, that makes sense because he did uh, Roger Rabbit, right? Um, so he has that experience yeah. with the in- integrating cartoons. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, his most recent film, I I don't even know if this movie has been released. Anastasia, Once Upon a Time. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, but Halloween three, um, made for the aforementioned two two and a half million, um, which is really impressive, as as Lewis was saying in like given what they come up with um earned earned back 14.4 million at the box office so certainly a financial success um critically not so much um although it has received something more of a cult following in recent years because it has a 42 percent um on the spanometer the audience score is still only 27 percent. so it's certainly not as beloved as the first two halloween movies and I'm not a huge fan of Halloween 2, but um, I, I can see why fans of the first would, would easily translate onto, like, latch onto the second one. Interesting. Yeah, I've never seen the second one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this is sort of us, um, you know, breaking our own rules. It's, it's sort of a cult film. Like, I remember uh, Shout Factory made a collector's edition, you know, DVD Blu-ray set fairly recently. Right. Um, right. There has been a reevaluation of it, but... Um, I don't know. I wanted to do this Carpenter slash Carpenter adjacent month, so fuck you. Yep. <laughs> and we we both had never seen this one, yeah. and we both kind of wanted to, so we're like, how 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 beholden are we to the rules of our podcast? Right. Like we make them <laughs> so we can break them. We can, we made it, so we break it. <laughs> Breaked. I just said breaked. Awesome. <laughs> um, and actually, going back to one of our older rules, we do have uh, some quotes here from interesting reviews. Um, Vincent Canby of the New York Times wrote, Halloween 3 manages the not easy feat of being anti-children, anti-capitalism, anti-television, and anti-Irish all at the same time. Four good antis, yeah. I will say. I mean, anti-up, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, big, we're big on the anti-Italian racism here in ProCon. So we Lewis gets a lot of shit for that, but now it's my turn to represent and to get some hate. Uh, Nina, no Irish need to play. That's me. <laughs> Racism, folks. It's good against white people. <laughs> Racism. It's good against certain types of white people. 
you have a good you have a good review here to read from yes. one of our favorite um, and most most cited uh, people on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's not Jonathan Rosenbaum this time, folks. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's another Chicago it's, critic, uh, Chicago Sun Times critic, uh, Roger could Ebert. Could uh, Ever heard of him? There you, you go. Know him? Uh, this is how he begins the fucking review. Uh, I, I put some ellipses here, but this is more or less it. Uh, he says, there are a lot of problems with Halloween 3, but the most basic one is that I could never figure out what the villain wanted to accomplish if he got his way. And this is like, I'm sorry, Robert, Roger, but Roger. Uh, <laughs> Roger, Roger, <laughs> fucking Roger, motherfucker said Roger. Um, it's not the problem with the movie. This is a problem with like how you understand art. <laughs> it's a problem with your motherfucking brain, asshole. Like this, just oh, Hurl, he answers these questions he's about to ask. I know it's he, ridiculous. He says them. So says so them. Roger says, "What's his plan? What's the villain's plan? Uh, kill the kids and replace them with robots? Why?" What? I'm sorry. He watched a different movie. <laughs> he just wasn't watching this movie. No. He, he fell asleep or whatever or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So he's dumb and wrong about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess to get into it, um, when this movie starts off, we it, it feels like Halloween 1 just because it's like a, a dark kind of suburban street, right? Like this um this shot of someone running towards us yeah. down the street and he's being chased by a car and um it's great like it's, it's a great opening just because we, we're dropped right into it we get a title card it's like i don't know a week before halloween or something um, eight 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 more days until halloween eight, eight more <laughs> days till halloween <laughs> yeah and like this this guy is just running down the street he, he hides in like a junkyard like a, a car junkyard and uh the, these two men in suits are chasing him um, and it's very eerie. It's it's it has kind of that like Carpenter esque, almost like slow, deliberate like action because yep. oh, like yeah. they get they get into a scuffle. But like it it feels so cool. It, it feels like 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 the way he shoots these action scenes, they feel like a comic book. Yeah, it's like deliberate like punches. Like you see the guy's fist raise up, yes. and you you get a few you get a few shot like frames of the fist before it connects with the person's face. It's I don't know. It, it's good. It's it's kind of kind of a cheesy like set piece but it it worked for me especially with the lighting and and like the um the cool like of course i'm gonna bring this up constantly throughout the review but like the, the synths yeah no i mean it's and that, that's why it seems so much like a carpenter film you know it, it has these people he's worked with for so long well at this point only like you know four five six years i don't know how when he exactly starts his career but this isn't long into his career but he's built yep. this you know this this collaborative partnership with all these people so like even if it's a movie not directed by carpenter it feels like a carpenter film um because they're all so in tune with each other um you know it, from you know d- producer director cinematographer you know um probably even people who work as key grips and stuff i'm sure it's a, a similar group of people who are making this film um Definitely. But yeah, it's it's just a great sequence. It just it feels like something out of you know like Christine, um, you know, with the car. Yeah, yep, definitely Christine. Um, the lighting also kind of gave me kind of jumping forward. So like this, maybe this, I'm sure Carpenter had an influence on this. But I, I was thinking of like the lighting in Terminator. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the the blue lighting, like the 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 fog and the blue lighting, and like just the, this desolate like wasteland of machinery. Kind yeah, of yeah. Everywhere. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, sure more, that they knew each other. You know, I, I, it's they must have. Carpenter yeah. didn't come out of the Roger Corman school the way um, Cameron did, but you know, it's they're all Hollywood, L.A. guys. So, and just the his whole look is so influential, just so pervasive and influential. Yeah. I'm sure. And just the simplicity. Um, That's the thing, like, I think we forget about these films is like, and I've recently rewatched the first Terminator film. It's, it's a really simple film. Even when you get yeah. to like those miniatures and models in the future scenes, like it's, it's not trying to like impress you just so much as like, here is the world we're trying to build and here's the yep. story we're trying to convey and what is the easiest way to convey that here it is you know it's not like yep. it's not a puzzle box movie um it's not you know flashy and showy um it's it's not trying to do something new and original it's just like it it's just telling this really great story um yep. with a small budget yep and i mean that it, it succeeds insanely well it, it but like it like from a story perspective it, it almost feels like a short story yeah that like they, they filmed yeah which is great and this film um, does too right i mean yeah. like which is what i was gonna so say fucking yeah simple there's there are a decent amount yep. of working parts um but it just i don't know it's just it's something that explains itself really well and explains itself so like economically um yep. i i don't know how you could have a problem with this film the way ebert did he's an idiot um, <laughs> but i guess the the biggest plot stuff that happens in the in the junkyard scene is um one of the two kind of like men in black looking guys he gets crushed by a, a car and the guy that gets crushed by the car he looks like um jared kushner yes. a little bit like yeah i was watching this with cooper from mechanic and conscious happy hour um and he pointed that out so i credit <laughs> to cooper um but the other the other spook he he get he doesn't get away but he he just drives off and then the man they were chased the man that they were chasing he he stumbles away and he makes his way to a gas station um and the gas station attendant brings him into the hospital and the attendant physician is the main character of the movie dr uh tom atkins dr chalice Chalice. yeah 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 what a great name spelled c-h-a-l-l-i-s tom atkins he's one of those low-budget film um tv actors that you have you whoever's listening to this has seen him in something he just he's he's pretty he's like very he he gets a lot of work but um nothing like notable i I guess the most notable thing i can think of is the lead in the fog right Mm -hmm. yeah he's worked a carpenter but uh and other yeah small budget horror genre pictures i don't he's really Mm -hmm. not active anymore um but yeah he's just got like that kind of every man look to him you know he's definitely like he's got a dad bod for sure um yes. he's got like a very like pockmark yes the pockmarked face, face like, just if, a lot like uh, edward james almost except like not as attractive as edward james almost <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 shame just like it very unconventional looking movie star yeah. Like, yeah i mean this he this is the film for him like you know this is yes, exactly yes. where he should reside <laughs> yep uh, and it's funny just because he he's kind of a lady killer in this movie. Yes. <laughs> it's every woman except his ex-wife, but every yep. woman loves him. He 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 flirts with all the nurses. Um, he he has a he has an ongoing fling with the 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 lab woman in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at the, the morgue. I think like the, the yeah, morgue yeah, technician. That's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah, he he's a, he's a he's a horn dog. 
Um, <laughs> but he, he, so yeah, he's the attending physician for this guy that was brought in, and the guy is delirious. He's like, oh, they're they're coming to kill us. They're gonna kill us all. And he's holding a mask. He's holding um, a ho- the the pumpkin pumpkin mask. Yeah, yeah just ho- latex Halloween mask. Um, and so he's like, yeah, whatever. Sedate him. Give him IV drip. Whatever. Um, and so he goes to take a nap in the in the like the nap room or whatever because doctor he's yeah. like doing his overnight shift the doctor nap room and then <laughs> but <laughs> doctors yeah, doctor nappy and then they go to <laughs> uh but then um the surviving man in black he shows up at the hospital um he he does some urban exploration parkour-esque not parkour but <laughs> no, like ur- but urbex, urbex at least urbex style stealth um to the guy's uh hospital bed and he kills him in a super gnarly way. Yeah, it's this is such a cool kill. Very, very hard for me to watch because I have problems with eye violence. Yes. Um, yeah, he yes. he digs his thumb and uh, f- pointer finger into his eye sockets, yeah. and uh, then like pulls the bone up and like breaks the like contour and changes the contour of the man's face. Yep, he he like mangles his face and just like oh. Uh, uh, yeah it the prosthetic is like really well done yeah. like the way he pulls up the note it just and the implication of what's happening it really get it's it's a super gnarly kill it's really yeah. good it's they're all very visceral kills um yeah. but they're very quick very efficient like it's i was surprised with every like kind of just the restraint of every like yeah. kill in this movie yeah um, and I think that's why people didn't like it as much either. Like, I think the, like the true gore hounds probably would have wanted more. Right. Um, but it's, it's not really there. It's, it's, it's sort of there. I mean, you know, the, the one woman later, Marge, when she dies, like that's a little more graphic, but still like even wait, Marge, the, the morgue tech, uh, no, that one's super restrained. The morgue tech, like that yeah, death is yeah, super yeah, restrained. Yeah. No, the woman who get the, like her face is blasted open. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh hell yeah! yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, good, good shit, good yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the, the the man in black after he kills this guy, he the nurse sees him and screams, but he just completely ignores her and everyone else. Um, and he walks into his car, and then his car blows up. Well, he immolates himself. He he pours right. he, he gasoline on himself. himself. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's kind of and that's the inciting incident of the film for sure. Like, right. Doctor Chalice is like this is fucking weird like this is this is unnatural and he remembers that um the uh the guy who died when he said uh specifically they're going to kill us what uh what instigated him saying that was a commercial for the mask maker uh silver shamrock uh, company uh, the jingle on television, which is the uh, eight more days of Halloween. Eight more days till Halloween. 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 Eight more days to Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Silver. Sh- it's it's so good. It's, it's such a <laughs> such a little ear, like earworm. I've been, I've been saying it all week, and my wife has been so pissed at me. <laughs> Every day, I just I change it too. Like I'll change it from eight to seven to six. To <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> just like the movie does. Um, but yeah, yes. so he hears the jingle. He says they're gonna kill us, and then Doctor Chalice is like there's something here there's something wrong with this this mask uh and this mask making company so uh then he goes to investigate it and uh along the way he meets uh the uh the we learned that this guy was a mask well he was a halloween store uh owner the man who died he was a small business tyrant small business tyrant 
one of the products he was very successful at selling was these masks. Yeah. Um, he recently just got a shipment of them. He had recently gone to the factory, the silver uh, shamrock factory, and uh, we mm-hmm. meet his daughter, and they have a great last name, uh, Grimbridge. Yeah, that's and good. Her name that's, is that's Ellie good... Grimbridge. Uh, yeah. So, so we meet Ellie Grimbridge, who uh, his his smoking hot, kind of vulnerable, scared daughter. Yes. Like, I wonder where, where this is going. Yeah. It's she looks a lot like um, the main actress from uh, Suspiria. Okay, I've never seen yeah. that, but I'll take, you just your take word my for word it, for yeah. it. She she looks sure. a lot like her. I'm <laughs> okay. not sure if um, this actress, um, Stan- Stacey Nelkin, has you know gone on to done other things. I don't know. We didn't, I didn't do that research, guys. Sorry, you'll figure it out. Do it yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, she looks a lot like her, um, but yep. uh, younger, um, even younger. <laughs> so Dr. Chalice is like, hey, we should we should meet up later. I, I want to look into this a little bit. And Ellie's like, yeah, sure. Um, but then, but then the old the old ball and chain comes ringing because Doctor Charles has to go home and take care of his, oh man, his his his, his nag of an ex wife and his his two ratty annoying snot nosed kids. Yeah, yeah. Which it's uh, just so it's incredible just, divorce dad energy. I, I was uh, I was very surprised by it. I was like, what the fuck is this plot line? <laughs> I was laughing because you already told me this. You're like, this is a divorce dad movie. And I saw this. I'm like, oh my god! Just because he he comes home, um, and it's like nighttime, and he's like, oh kids, I I got you your masks, and they're like, oh we don't want this. We already got silver shamrock yes. masks. And the mom's like, you need to finish your dinner. Don't don't run around the house with food. Just like, yeah. And then she keeps <laughs> nagging him. She's like, are you gonna take him next weekend yes. for Halloween? Are you gonna take him trick or treating? He's like, yeah yeah, honey, I took off. Like I'll be able to do it. And you know, obviously that hey, doesn't he keeps happen. Well, it should be noted, um, he calls her from pay phones and like motel phones throughout the movie yeah. to, like, to yeah. check up on her and, and to keep offering excuses as to why he can't do shit. Um, and he keeps blowing her off, which which has a huge payoff at the end. Yeah. It, it's 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 a crazy motif, right? Like that it that it keeps recurring so often mm-hmm. um that this like this this divorce is such an integral part to the plot. But yeah, the the payoff is is quite a, a spectacular. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> So what's interesting is the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, who also wrote this movie, his wife, uh, Nancy Keys, plays the the bitch ex-wife in this movie. Yes. And who knows if they yes. were divorced at this time. I couldn't figure that out. But, like, I mean, uh, there's some, you know, there's some psychosexual stuff going on here. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, he, he is. A lot of projection in this movie. Yeah, um, so... They don't get together yet, no, but the no. the two of them, the doctor and Ellie, they 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 they, they, they conclude that they should go to the town of Santa Mira, California. That's right. That's what it's called. Be- because that's where these masks are from. That's where the factory for these masks are from. Yeah. And Santa Mira has an interest in history. Um, it's the name of a fictional California town that appears in a number of science fiction or horror works, huh. including Halloween Three, um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original. Gotcha. Um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, a bunch of the Sharknado movies. What? Um, that cartoon show Ben Ten. Okay. And um, one of the Dark Tower book, like very That's random, incredible. like collection of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like how I don't know. I know like DC has um, a lot of their stories in the '80s had the fictional Latin American country of Corto Maltese, which is like oh, right. it's, it's Cuba, right? Um, 
but like oh we can't we don't want to say cuba but it's like oh it's a communist latin american yeah. island i wonder what it is right and it's like unobtainium you know when everybody was making right. fun of that when avatar came out but it's it's been in countless uh sci-fi stories oh sure you know, yeah for decades um yeah no it's it's interesting um i i know that um, they one of the original screenplays for this film, they wanted it to be more like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and that's why we have the automatons in this movie. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert. The automatons are you know the the men in black people who who kill people in this movie, um, because they wanted it to be more like what Ebert actually was talking about. You know, the automatons right. replacing real people, which is not what happens in this movie. But uh, that was probably why they used Santa Mira. So that makes sense now. Right. Uh, yeah. That's cool. That's good. Um, so, yeah, they, the Ellie, Ellie and the doctor, they, they drive to Santa Mira. Um, and when they get there, it's super spooky. Um, lots of Irish-themed everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, there, there. I tweeted about this, but there, there's one grocery store clerk who looks just like that, that fucking dipshit from Massachusetts, Joe Kennedy III. <laughs> that pale inhuman i don't know like insmith insmith affect massachusetts guy um uh vote for ed markey if you're in massachusetts (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the the whole town it it seems kind of like artificial but in a way that i appreciated it's like oh yeah it's a set we know that from watching the movie It's, it's 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 a set of like a ghost town or whatever but like within the text of the movie it it felt like like an artificial town but like that's being put up to to be the face for like tourists or passers by. Right. A Potemkin village, if you will. Nice. What what is a Potemkin? What is a Potemkin village? Uh, so a Potemkin village during the Soviet Union was a village that uh was uh the facades were constructed on, on buildings. Uh it was made to look like a functioning town. Uh, for you know tourists and uh, foreign dignitaries but uh, you know to but it was bullshit and these were they were nice. they were not real towns um, that is fascinating in a postmodern sense it's like a hyper hyper realism mm. or uh, like it's like that I think that's Baudrillard like the idea that like Disney World right. like Main Street USA and Disney World is like it, it's more real than real um, and I, I I mean not that they were doing this specifically but i got that sense from like this is clearly a facade for something sinister beneath yeah yeah definitely no i mean it's it's a it's a great uh town set i'm not sure it even is a set like it could be an actual town they went to film in like it's hard to tell once in a while it didn't look like its own town but it looked like maybe the main street of like a small village or something or like Maybe they were like company buildings that they slapped a few facades on top of. Yeah, I mean it's possible that it's a back um, lot. Some of it's a back lot, and then some of it like right. they shot on location in a small. You know, um, I know it was shot in like, California, so it was actually the film itself was shot somewhere in Northern California. Um, but right. uh, perhaps it was also just shot on a back lot. I mean, uh, you gotta get creative for two point five million. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's there's. There's cameras. Um, there's like we said. There's a loudspeaker announcement for curfews. It's done by Jamie Lee Curtis. 
um, everybody, you know, when uh, when uh, Ellie and uh, Dr. Chalice come into town, everybody, uh, you know, including the, um, the the Joe Kennedy uh, surrogate character, uh, they they look out their window or they they look up from what they're doing because they they notice this is a new you know car uh, coming into town that they haven't seen before. Um, very much uh, mm. like the the film uh, Bad Day at Black Rock for you uh, you cineasts out there when Ooh. Spencer Tracy comes to town for the first time. Everybody's like, who the fuck's this guy? Also, if we want to really drive home this like idea of um, like a hyper real facade over over something sinister beneath, like the idea of um, Jimmy Lee Curtis being like this mystical disembodied voice when she's when she already exists in the right. Halloween kind of continuity. Th- this is like. I don't know, like to to take it to a really fantastical direction. Like it, it's like a purgatory area of like the the victims of this the, the horror of Halloween, and of, of course, like a previous victim would like be the voice, yeah, be the voice in in the in the hell that's created by Halloween. Yeah, I like that. That's good. That yeah. is, um, oh yeah, folks. This is real that, scholarship we're doing right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only kind of continuity we want in these movies. Yeah, no, exactly spiritual but not literal continuity right. yeah some some intertextuality some metatextuality you know yeah yeah that's good sh- that's good, good shit. shit folks <laughs> um but yeah so the two of them they, they're getting really creepy vibes so they, they decide to shack up in the motel that they had passed uh they meet they meet a, a wacky selection of characters yeah <laughs> at, the, at the motel yep. and uh we so. learned that only these characters are only there to purchase masks from uh the the the, the factory um so one woman yeah, marge gutman single uh you know middle-aged woman who owns a, a, a halloween store uh just like mr grimbridge yeah. and then uh we have the what is the what is their name the uh the cupfer family uh betty buddy oh God, and yeah. buddy jr <laughs> <laughs> little buddy i think is <laughs> little amazing the the this kid's great like kid actors are notoriously like either either amazing or awful but like this kid he's he's such a perfect snot nosed yeah. little shit oh, yeah. just like i want my bike i'm gonna ride in the street yes. like fuck you mom <laughs> it's like he, he flips his parents yeah, yeah. the finger that was amazing <laughs> yeah and then when they do the factory tour he's just like running and he's like i want this i want that can i have one of those please he doesn't even say please he would never he's say like, please he's not that kind of kid <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's great. Um, but he, yeah, he's got like a like like a striped like all American all American boy yes. shirt with like a collar. It just yeah, blue jeans and just this know, missing tooth in his buck teeth in the front. It's great. Uh, and, and, and importantly, his father Buddy Kupfer has is the number one salesman of Silver Shamrock merchandise for that year. Right. Uh, his store has right. done the best business for Silver Shamrock. Yeah, and he he wants to meet like the the ceo he wants to like see the factory it's it's like he, he's a small business star yeah too. he is yeah and, and and it should be um noted that the uh character daniel harley plays connell cochran he he kind of uh, has this like m- mythical uh you know stature in the town right. he it's basically his town like i think they say he, he employs the he, whole employ- town, yeah. he employs the whole town it goes back generations like the factory it was like a toy factory that his great-grandfather had or something like that um right. he's well known in this business of of novelty items and and halloween items um and uh he 
yeah there's, he's like apparently like the number one joke smith or something like that like he he he, he, he they say like these weird novelty items that he created like, I, I can't remember he's like he invented that joke you know that great joke and they're like oh yeah my no, favorite you know you know the whoopee cushion that was yeah, yeah something like <laughs> but even weird i forget what it was it was like it was just fucking weird something that doesn't exist in the real world <laughs> right yeah 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 he he has kind of like a willy wonka like like a sinister Willy Wonka affect, yeah. like this jolly old man who, um, interesting class element too. They say like he he's an immigrant and he 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 sells cheap like body joke items, but like he's still one of the richest men in the country. Right. Um, so like 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 interesting kind of like disreputable new money aspect to that. Um, and. As as night falls and as they check into the motel, there's a lot of really good eerie, uh, e- like sunset mood establishing oh, yeah. shots. Yep. Um, throughout and throughout this movie, there's a lot of good establishing shots. Just like the sun, you can't see it anymore, but the light's still in the sky, so it gives everything this really creepy, um, kind of like silhouette effect, and like just just like the the hell of like suburbia, like um, you know buildings silhouetted against the background of the sky uh the power lines trees yep. uh, just yeah. cars driving by it's very very good mood um y- you could make like a like a cool highlight reel of just like all the pickup yes. shots of the like pickup no, and establishing true. shots of, the, of this movie yeah it's 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 an incredibly well shot film um on the, just like, like a, it, it has the merit on that level like alone is yeah. worth watching. i mean kundi kundi did it did his got his he earned his paycheck here yeah. um very very heavy vibes of like kind of japanese horror video games in in the town like um like uh silent hill resident oh, evil yeah, kind yeah. of a kind sure. of thing like point and click like very slow dripping dread and like you're stuck in this small town because it's like that's the extent of what the game can make so they have to make it interesting like there's all these weird quirky characters but like very sinister f- mood beneath everything yeah yeah i can see that um I have not played those games because I am not a weeb, but uh, <laughs> I uh, I defer to you there. <laughs> They're good folks. Um, so yeah, the we meet these we meet these wacky characters at the motel. Um, Ellie Ellie and Doctor Tom Atkins they they hook up in their in the room. Incredible, of course. We knew it was yep. coming. They just fuck. It's great. They just they just get right yep. down to it, and they get interrupted when Ellie hears something from the next room over. Because um, the single single woman business tyrant she had met, Marge, Marge, yeah, um, she has a silver shamrock. Like she has one of the products, one of the masks in her room, but the the tag, the silver shamrock tag, had fallen off the mask, and she picks up the tag, and there's a microchip in the back, and she's like, "What the fuck is this?" And then suddenly we get a, a meme from like 2002, because I'm a charging my laser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a blue laser beam zaps out and, and just melts her face yeah. off. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. So it's like just just this quick cut, like laser zap face, cuts to them having sex, and she's like, "What's that noise?" And then we cut back to uh, Marge's face, just like blown apart uh, by this laser. Her eyes are like you know they're bulging and and red. Uh, it's and great. Then crickets. Or locusts. I don't know what the fuck they are, but I want to go with locusts because that's more biblical. Yeah, I think that's and they're bigger too. They're they're fairly big. They start Pretty crawling gross. out of her mouth and crawl on her face, on her eyeballs, uh, and then that's it. 
She's yep. dead. She's gone. Um, a bun- a lot of the um, a whole like a whole group of the uh, men in black from the beginning come, and they they're loading her body. Yeah. We except this time they're, watching don't know they're she's the men dead. in white because they they're the white coat version. Right. They're the scientist version of these right, automatons. Right, the white coat, the even more the, yeah. the even more sinister yeah. version. Um, they they're loading her her corpse up into a, into a paddy wagon and um, Cochran himself he he makes an appearance and he he kind of reassures everyone. He's like, don't worry, like we're we're gonna give her the best medical care possible. We'll, we'll fly her to San Francisco. Like we'll take care of it. Um. And yeah, so I mean, obviously, the doctor and, and Ellie are like, "This is like Doctor Chalice and Ellie are like, this is bullshit. Like something's up." So they the next day they they go to the factory itself and they um they meet the the weirdo family. What are they called? Cupfers. Cupfers, yeah. They're at the factory to take a tour, and um, Doctor Chalice and Ellie are like, "Oh yeah, we'll take a tour too. That's why we're here because because they're pretending to be small business yeah. parents themselves." Um. Cochran's like, oh yes, sure, please. Our our wonderful retailers, like, I would love to give you a tour. Come, he's like, he's like, put it. He's really hamming it up for them. Um, and yeah, they're just like walking around. They're like, oh, this is we're seeing how the masks are made. And this this was kind of cool because like I imagine this is what they did for the movie. Like to, this is probably just like the set where they made the masks for the movie. Well, yeah, it's my understanding. So, uh, the um the masks were made by Don Post, um, who is a special effects guy. And they eventually did mass produce these masks uh, for the film. Hell yeah! So it could be that yeah. they used the the, the exact location um, where they, and that would be crazy too, right? Like talk about like metatextuality. <laughs> yes, I mean given given the budget, they must have right. right? Like they they don't. It's a pretty shoestring budget. They don't have a lot to spend on. Like oh, here's another set for another s- sequence of right. shots. Just. Use, use, use what, what have. we have. Use the place that we currently mass produce these things. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool set. Um, and not only is it the mask making set, but it also goes into like the Hall of Fame for the Silver Shamrock gags. And we get this is where it gets Willy Wonka esque yes. oh, a little yeah. bit. We get yeah. my favorite one, which is like I guess like these little like wind up toys, and one of them is like a chorus of Native American like characters, like who look like they're like singing and like you know banging on drums, but they like very yeah. racist looking. Um, they're like, yeah, this is our you know these go back generations. It's like oh, clearly, do they? yeah, uh-huh. I can see, I can see that. <laughs> um. But yeah, and uh, the tour goes off kind of normally. Um, the only you get suspicious vibes throughout because you see a bunch of the the men in white and like uh, doors you're not supposed yeah. to go behind. Come come this way. Ignore those yeah. doors. Don't don't peek behind the curtain. Don't go to thing. final processing, as they call yes. it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, little Billy gets his own mask. He's like, I want that one. Um, and Ellie sees her dad's car. Yeah. And and, uh, and it's played really well too. Like you know, you as the audience member, you're like, oh. You know, you recognize that it's the car because she'd said previously, oh, my dad has like this mint green station wagon and it's missing. And you see it there, you know, under a tarp. And as an audience member, you're like, no, don't go there. But obviously, like the thing for the character to do in that very emotional moment is to go towards it. And and, right. the, and this, you know, kind of tips uh, the the men in black, the men in white and, uh, you know, Connell Cochran off like ah there's something this person is not who she says she is in this moment right very 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 efficiently done um 
giving information to both the audience and the characters at the same time no it's great it's a great scene uh it's really well acted her and and dr chalice the way he's like telling her don't go you know you're gonna give yourself away and then she just you know she can't this is like you know this is proof that something fucking nefarious happened to her father here um right yeah it's it's just a great scene um and everything after this is amazing. Like this is where the movie just like goes off the fucking rails <laughs> into high fucking gear. We just we th- this is the Halloween shit that the gore hounds are after, yeah, uh, or, or the the spooky hounds are after, because um, they get so Doctor Chalice and Ellie they get back to their motel. They're like, we have to get the hell out of here. She's like, yeah, I agree. Um, Doctor Chalice runs to the motel office to try to make a call um, to his ex-wife actually. Yeah. No, no, to the to the the lab tech that he he has an oh, affair right, with. Oh, right, right, right. Because while they were at the motel, we get some intercut shots of um, he's trying to have her examine the remains of the person, the the men in right, black from the car that yeah. had immolated himself. And the first call he makes earlier on, um, she's like, "Oh, like someone made a stupid mistake. Like a, this was just like plastic and metal from th- they, they they confused." the pile from the car with the pile from yeah. the person. So like I, I have to I have to waste another day looking at this pile from the person. And then when he calls now, she's like, they're both of these piles are just metal yeah. and plastic. No human remains at all. No human remains at all. And, the, and he's like, oh crap. Um so he runs back to his room and Ellie's gone. Yeah. He looks outside the door, whole line of men in white just walking towards him. It's it, it's a good shot. Yeah, no, it, it's great. And then we just get, you know, a really a similar sequence to the the opening sequence of the film where, you know, yeah. now he's yeah. running away from these men in white and, and some men in black, some some cars he's running away from and, and actual people chasing him on, on foot. Um, and it's just, yeah, kind of um, uh, it's on a larger scale now. It's similar to the first sequence, but on a larger scale and, you know, through yep. this town where he he doesn't know where he can turn. He doesn't know this town. And obviously that he knows this town is being watched because there's, you know, these there CCTV type cameras everywhere, surveillance yep. cameras everywhere. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it, another expertly shot sequence and that just works so well with the story. Um, Lot, lots of suburban exploration moves that he does. Yeah, yeah. No, again, he does some, yeah. Su- what is that? What would that be called? So it's Urbex and would it be Suburbex? Sir. Serbex. Serbex. <laughs> That's a different movie, folks. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um But yeah, he 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 kind of like mall ninjas his way into the factory. Yeah. Um he he make this is when he makes his call to his ex wife for the last time. Yeah, at some point. I don't remember exactly, but he, he's captured. Uh yeah, he's yeah, captured oh, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. He's captured first um, because he sees this creepy old woman and he's like, where's Ellie? Where's Ellie? And he, he shakes the old woman and her head falls off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a robot. Yeah. This is when we first, this is kind of yep. the conclusive evidence that uh, Connell Cochran has automatons that he has created. Um, and he says this one was an antique. So, you know, they've kind of been perfecting this automaton um, for a long time. Originally, you know, just... I would assume it was like the old school automatons where it was just like a novelty thing, right? It's like, oh, we can kind of, you know, make this facsimile right. of a person. Um, like um, in, in Japan, actually, the, the Karakuri puppets are right. a, the earliest examples that I know of of automaton. They, they can like fold paper, like they can fold origami, they can play chess or something. They can do a limited range of things just on repeat. 
and that, that's kind of the vibe I got from this old woman yeah. automaton. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, Connell Cochran, we learn, is evil and insane. Uh, so <laughs> he has created more uh, advanced automatons that have, like, right. fluids in their bodies and, you know, very lifelike skin. Right. They can, they're, they're superhumanly strong. Super, yeah. Um, they're not invincible because uh, Chalice destroys one of them, but, like, they're they're stronger than people. Yeah. I will say I knew there was going to be some weird, like, disgusting fluid stuff coming out of them. Yeah. Uh, and it was funny. I was I was watching the movie. I was eating chips and salsa verde, and I was like, I, you know, I just don't want this movie to have something that looks like salsa verde come out of one of these guys in a second while I'm fucking eating. Amazing. And lo and behold, Amazing. the uh, liquid that comes out of these guys looks exactly like salsa verde. It's salsa verde. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um I think I was eating salsa too when I watched this movie. <laughs> so, where where is Hamata? Um, but yeah, Cochran brings Chalice down to his underground lair. Um, that looks very cool, especially given the budget constraints. Yeah. Um, lots of like, they they do the thing where like, oh, the the equipment and all the relevant stuff like boxes, people's workstations, whatever, are in the middle of this enormous concrete room and they're lit up but like everything outside that pool of light is in shadow yeah so you can't see you can't see the outermost walls it's it's a very cool look yeah i mean it's a great way to shoot around your constraints right i mean it's like you you don't have the budget to do anything more than that so it's just make Mm -hmm. this you know this blank canvas and put the relevant stuff in one spot crucially um in the center of the room is one of the monoliths from Stonehenge. Yes. Yes. We had because we had learned earlier that like yes. one of the, the blue stone or whatever it's called like had disappeared. We had learned this on yeah, like yeah. a TV channel. Yeah. They they laid the groundwork for it well. Um and yeah, so the the, the basic idea is that Cochran and his men, his technicians are chipping away from the stones and using the stones and putting them in the microchips yeah. in, in every mask and that that kind of works in like a kind of like a jack kirby silver age marvel or silver yeah. age dc like this this synthesis of mysticism and technology like like dr doomed kind of thing yeah and it's something um, that we've seen we see later with carpenter as well with prince of darkness um yeah you know yeah, where yeah, yeah. there is this swirling vortex of evil basically satan mm-hmm. in uh in a tube in the mm-hmm. basement of a church and then scientists yep. from a local college are brought in to examine it, you know, and then there's like these scientific, uh, like projections from the future that they get. Like there's also this crazy mystical and, and scientific stuff that, uh, kind of permeates Carpenter films. Yep. Um, and this is maybe the, the first instance of it that I can think of. Yeah. Um, in his work. Cause the fog yeah, is more gonna... just like mystical, you know right 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 that's just a straight-up ghost story um but yeah no it, it's great the set's great another, another thing that cooper had pointed out is um the way the whole their computers are set up around like the central workstation it looks like stonehenge yes kind of, yeah which is good. Oh, that's amazing. very good yeah, yeah, yeah. kudos very cooper. good kudos. very good uh, yeah very good, good detail um and so yeah cochran gives uh gives gives tom atkins a, a demonstration of what they're doing because the family <laughs> yes the cup first <laughs> little the family they 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 all go into um a simulacra of a living room yeah a fake living room 
more more of that detail of like a paper thin appearance with like within a very obviously fake environment and they're just sitting around um they're like oh we're we want you to wait here little billy turns on the tv and he sees one more day to halloween halloween it's it's halloween eve by the way um he puts on his mask and they they hit a switch in the control room and the blue laser shoots out of the tv into his face yeah yeah um and his, his face melts and bugs and snakes come out incredible incredible it's, it's amazing yeah the idea of like not just a laser that melts your face but it also makes bugs yeah. and, and snakes come out of your mind is great no it's 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 incredible so um we get an explanation from connell cochran that um his family uh you know is from ireland and they have always had this belief in the mystical yeah um O'Hurley really sells this line because yes. uh, Chalice is Chalice is tied up. He's in. He's he. They put a. He puts a mask on him. He's tied to a chair. There's a TV. They're gonna do the same thing to him. It's it's Halloween. It's Halloween now. Um, he says, yeah. So uh, fuck you, fuck you, Roger Ebert, because it's spelled out in, in the in the text here. <laughs> um, Daniel Chalice says, why Cochran? Why? Cochran says, do I need a reason? Mister Cooper was right, you know. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. But there's a better reason. You don't really know much about Halloween. You thought no farther than the strange custom of having your children wear masks and go out begging for candy. It was the start of the year in our old Celtic lands, and we'd be waiting in our houses of wattles and clay. The barriers would be down, you see, between the real and the unreal, and the dead might be looking in to sit by our fires of turf. Halloween, the festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. It was a part of our world, our craft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again. In the end, we don't decide these things, you know. The planets do. They're all in alignment, and it's time again. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. And happy Halloween. Incredible. Yeah. So good. So good. It's great. Um, but I get it. Like, it's fucking wacky. It's it's like, it's absurd. <laughs> it, is, it, is. Um, it might not be what That's... audiences exactly expected or maybe even wanted, but I don't know, like... Looking back at it, it's like this is great. This is just like what movies should be about. I don't know, like Twitter, just weird shit. Twitter, Twitter and Tumblr are all into that witchy shit, astrology shit now. Like, yeah, this would sell better. This today, I think, <laughs> very prescient movie. Um, but uh, of course, our our hero does not die in this moment. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, the ticking clock of nine p.m. Uh, I guess Pacific time because they're on uh, they're in California. Um, mm-hmm. he, he escapes before that. Um, he, he gets Ellie out, um, from her. Oh, also just really quick while he's tied up, we get more of those great Dean Cundy, um, establishing shots, like tracking shots, just like across the country. Yes. It's like, Oh, New York, Ohio, Ohio Phoenix, wherever, Arizona. Texas. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, we see um, all these kids wearing these three masks, the witch, the jack-o'-lantern and the skeleton mask. Uh, yep. all you know trick-or-treating and, and getting ready to be at their TVs at 9 Pacific time uh, yep. for lots, the lot, giveaway lots of good like lo-fi vaporwave like lost future imagery yeah. of like kids walking home in the suburbs and like the cities in the background it's all like lit up and but there's like this blood red sky yeah. from the from the sunset Very, oh, it's so good fucking dean Cundy, man he's great yeah i think the the image of like the three kids with the blood yeah. red sky is is i believe the original poster 
for this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll find yeah. if you look for it. Um, but kind of like a dark, dark version of how uh, Charlie Brown um, <laughs> yes. with the witch mask, and like it's like it's like the twisted version of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he escapes. He gets Ellie, and then um, because this, you know, the, it's. I was like, I was, I was like, how the fuck is he going to end this? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's across the nation. How are you going to end these commercials? Um, yep. But uh, it's pretty ingenious. So he finds a box full of the little trademark silver shamrock logos that have the, you know, the, the, um, the piece of Stonehenge and the microchip in it. And he, <laughs> he goes up on the rafters of of the laboratory and he just throws them down onto everybody and presses the button at the he presses the button first so that like the 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 trigger is going off he throws these things down and like they all get electrocuted they all get zapped and they all die (laughs) um and cochran looks up and he he like salutes as as like oh like good job like my worthy adversary and then the the central pillar of Stonehenge zaps him with a blue laser yes. and then he just disappears yeah, like he, he evaporates he, turns he into vaporizes like a stone himself he he like he looks like the Wojak meme like yeah this movie predicted fucking Wojak <laughs> meme <laughs> he looks like a smiling Wojak meme and then he just disappears mm-hmm. um I did read that in the novelization um it is implied but not outright stated that the Stonehenge piece might have transported him back to the original stonehenge oh so he might have survived interesting but not in the movie yeah obviously no, he's very much dead in the movie um yeah i know some critics were like how did they get a whole piece of stonehenge to america and say like, i don't care i don't fucking care <laughs> it doesn't it matter it doesn't matter he he he's a weird cult blood ho- like blood right halloween fanatic with like he's rich that's yeah, it that's all doesn't matter who fucking cares um so yeah so in a moment of joy uh dr chalice gets away with ellie uh of course ellie um you can predict is herself an automaton we have not seen her for yep. quite some time in this movie so in that time yep. she is killed and made into an automaton yep there's a fun little fight sequence there um where he like he rips oh, her head so off rips her arm off he he realizes oh the broadcast is still going out fuck i gotta i gotta stop this somehow so he just runs down the road and he runs back to the gas station yeah, from the beginning. The original gas station. Um, and he's like, "I need this. It's an emergency. It's life or death. I need to use a phone." He calls a bunch of the TV stations, um, and he actually gets two of the three TV stations to pull the to pull the broadcast. Yeah. Ah, the days um, of three TV stations. <laughs> yes, but then the third one does not, and um, as he's screaming in horror for them to stop. Uh, cut to credits yep. cut to credits end of movie uh but yeah no it, it's it's a great ending very very bleak yeah. very dark everybody um, dies everybody's children's they just die <laughs> yeah um yeah just, damn it, it it's and and for chalice himself from a character perspective like he he's fucked over too because his kids right. have yeah. the the masks and they were watching yeah they're, they're, they were so excited to watch the special giveaway. If only they wore his shitty paper masks that he bought them. Instead <laughs> of my bitch ex-wife. His bitch ex-wife killed his kids. It's, I, I can only imagine, like, either they were already divorced, uh, the director uh, and, and his wife, or, like, they got oh, divorced right after this movie. <laughs> you killed our kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
workers of note who do we have uh so i already mentioned don post who created the 3d masks for this movie they're really cool day glow-esque color masks yeah. uh they were eventually mass produced um so i'm sure that's a crazy collector's item now um we also have sam nicholson who um is credited as the person who created the silver shamrock commercial that we see throughout the film uh it's great look it up on youtube you can find um the the final uh giveaway commercial where it's uh it is halloween day um and then we have john c wash uh the who made the title sequence and the title sequence is great it's um it is a digital uh, yeah, orange lines, and then the, yeah. the parts of the orange lines disappear, and you you realize that it's it's making a jack o' lantern, like a digital jack o' lantern. Um, it's excellent. It's so fucking excellent. good. It's incredible. It's it's the motif of the series. Yeah, um, the Halloween right. series. It's ju- it's just of course it's going to be TV themed because this this movie is yeah. TV themed. No, check it out. You can find you know obviously you can find what the masks look like online you can watch the commercial on youtube and you can watch the title sequence on youtube it's it's great those things alone like as these yeah. weird artifacts of a different time like it's just it's great uh, shit. amazing a really good like contemporary e- e- good and easy contemporary like group costume would be the three silver shimmer yes. masks. i think yes hell yeah, yeah. folks. that's it some enterprising listeners out there you got your uh you got your costume he could eat gummy worms or something, gummy gummy bugs. Yes, fuck yes. Um, but yeah, closing closing thoughts. Uh, our broke recommendation. Um, <laughs> any this, this is such, this is so stupid. Any any anti Italian racists who want to pivot to anti Irish racism? Uh, th- there's enough of that here. There's like, <laughs> yeah. I I say that jokingly, but like it, it is interesting that like the the identity of Cochrane and like his his Celtic roots are played up to like such a mystical threat level um it's just very very on the nose and very like apparent and um it works certainly but like it, it ju- it's just an interesting angle that I don't think you would see being done today no it's that's very verboten I would say <laughs> your culture is a bad thing right like that's <laughs> Yep, yep. Your 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 pagan horrible culture that used to sacrifice children and like and revel in the blood of sacrifice. Yeah, just like quite incredible. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure like no Irish people gave a shit. Like I'm sure most people Irish people who watch this are like cool. That's like millennia back in our culture. Like you know, fuck it. I mean, there's obviously yeah, people I mean, who like you know, they like stuff like the fairies. You know, the fae and all that. Like it's yeah. still part of their culture. But I I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think some irish bros can get really weirdly defensive like oh well the irish were slaves too when they came over <laughs> like there's there's that aspect like the the boondock saints mindset you know yeah yeah perhaps they're you know perhaps this didn't play well in ireland who knows uh if you're one of our irish yes. listeners i know there's a few of you write to us about how the history of the reception of this film in ireland <laughs> this this you know how nightmare before christmas is like a halloween movie and a christmas movie right this is a Halloween movie and a St. Patrick's Day movie. <laughs> yeah, St. Patrick's Day wins, folks. Uh, yep, yep. Doesn't he chase out snakes? What is his? What's his history? Yeah, he he banished all the snakes from from yeah. Ireland. Which and then and then they didn't that represent like the paganism though? I mean, yeah, I I think that's the 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 depth of that 
myth. Yeah. Like the the snake is like a pagan right. symbol. So actually, this like is this is an anti St. Patrick's Day yes. movie. <laughs> this is, this is uh, the snake's revenge. Yeah, the snakes snakes <laughs> snakes win, folks. Snakes in a factory. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> Um, so our uh, our woke recommendation is for anybody who um, has an interest in Silver Age comic books, um, specifically because of the synthesis, the synthesis of mysticism and technology. Jesus Christ, the synthesis of mysticism and there technology um, that was always on display in those kind of stories. Um, Jack Kirby yeah. famous for that, you know. Um, you could read an, uh, an issue of Fantastic Four and there would be, you know, something just um, that he read in like popular mechanics on display, but then also some right. like weird shit that maybe he got from like Jewish mysticism, you know, because he, he was he was a Jewish American. Um, right. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And of course, it's it's on display in other Carpenter films, like we said. So if you're into into that kind of stuff, um definitely watch this movie i was surprised when it happened i was like what the fuck this is so cool yeah it's definitely something it's i mean my history of um you know comic books i love it so it's great um bespoke recommendation um i already alluded to joe kennedy the third uh notice no, noted irish democrat asshole um but there's another greater specter <laughs> of, of, the, of the dreaded irish dnc um represented by this movie and that is joe biden because I, I read Conor Cochran as a, as a Joe Biden oh, figure. Okay. Like this jolly, yep. kind of j- jolly, kind of affable, s- going senile exterior. But like beneath it, he's this sinister, sinister <laughs> preying on children, like trying to take over the yes. world. Like <laughs> with, with Twitter, which melts your mind and turns it into bugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to pierce the veil the, and see, see the, the, horror of the mechanics beneath the surface uh halloween 3 is a good as we were saying like a like a spiritual text for today um and and i mean i'm, I'm joking about joe biden being a being trying to take over the world with lasers and, and bugs and shit but like i i think there's a lot of resonance today with um the way like th- this movie the villains weaponize tv and and commerce uh, commercialism right to corrupt kids yeah. Like that's the end goal. Well, and with coronavirus, like um, you know, right now, uh, television media and television news is is trying to sacrifice children at the altar of like our economy, right? You know, like children are being specifically, and, and the the mask motif ties into that too. Yeah, right. The mask right. motif, sacrificing children as they go back to yep. school, be it you know our young children going back to you know K through twelve, or our our teenagers going to college, mm. you know, just to keep uh, some semblance of an economy going. Uh, yeah, this film is uh, a little too relevant, folks. So maybe don't watch it. it. it Give really, it some time. Give it a few years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a few. Give it a few millennia to, <laughs> to age well. But yeah, no, it certainly. Um, I I do love the first Halloween, but I I would say much more relevant politically, thematically, um, spiritually than like any of the other Halloweens. Yeah, for sure. And it's just it's enjoyable. You know, it's only yeah. like good, hour forty five. Um, doesn't yep. feel long. Um, no, it, it moves. It moves right along. Yeah. So no, check it out, folks. Um, yeah. You can check it out now. You can check. You can do your own Halloween marathon. You can do eight days of Halloween, and each day you can sing the jingle from this movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hell yeah, that'd be great. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll do our quick sign off here. Follow us on social media, uh, Patreon.com/slash/pro_underscore_con. 
twitter.com slash proletarian c no spaces facebook.com proletarian contrarian no spaces instagram.com proletarian dot contrarian uh follow us on all those things uh, we're we're tweeting more we're we're putting more pics up of celeste the cat our our, our mascot we are um, doing nothing more on yeah, facebook because fuck that platform but <laughs> yep but uh we're we're kicking up our dues to to daddy's up yep so there you go um yeah so join us next week for another carpenter or carpenter adjacent film um yes. and then thank you for bearing with us uh, as this uh this quarantine brain idea evolves <laughs> hey it's good it's, it's good. good it's it was, good it ha- happy accident yeah it is a happy accident it's it's the best type of uh theme month well and on that note we will see you next week uh seven can't can't do it what I was going to, uh, seven is, is, has too many syllables because I was going to do seven more days till next ProCon. <laughs> that, I was trying to do the seven more days until next ProCon in the manner gotcha, of the Silver okay. Shamrock, but it, too many syllables. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Seven days till next ProCon, next ProCon, next ProCon, seven no, days d- till next ProCon. <laughs> Join us then. <laughs> Join us next time. <laughs> All right. Bye. See you then, folks. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy, happy Halloween.